imagine that right now you're feeling a bit like Alice. Tumbling down the rabbit hole. Hmm? You could say that. I can see it in your eyes. You have the look of a man who accepts what he sees because he is expecting to wake up. Welcome to Team Rabbit Hole Edition 251 with Serena Arlene, the present moment. Join the team as we get back together with a Scorpio mystic who can help us make sense of the zeitgeist. Welcome, Serena. Hi, welcome. Uh, thank you for having me. Welcome back, dude. It's been a hot minute. Um, I had been watching a documentary by Ram Das. Uh, like a month ago or something, and as soon as I saw it, it popped in my head, I messaged you, was like, let's get you back on here. I've had a weird month, it's been a weird fucking year, <laughs> or whatever, so, um, for sure, a brain dead and stuff, but uh, it's good to get you back on. I want to catch up and do all this stuff, but before we jump into it, uh, something we do here, as you know, on the podcast is correlate the episode number, which in this case is 251, which reduces down to eight to a major arcana card, and that's sense strength card. Uh, it says, I face my fears with the strength of love and patience. The strength, uh, strength part is about trusting yourself, letting your inner endurance shine, using your power to embrace the amazing person within you. You have everything within you you need to succeed. Raphael, what card do you have? We have the number 65, Angel of the Fountain of Wisdom. This angel protects against spells or negative omens, helps in achieving victory and positive results. This angel favors those who work in coastal towns and maritime expeditions for research, influences sailors, pilots, and all kinds of maritime trade-related activities. Qualities include purity, gentleness, goodness, fountain of wisdom, radiates great spiritual values such as altruism, and helps us advance the easy way. Well, that's a rather specific angel, like the maritime patron saint. Um, I'm curious, Serena, uh, if either the strength card or that angel card, if anything synchronized or popped up for you. Um, well, since it's the episode where you're talking to me, I really like those cards. <laughs> uh, strength, angel, wisdom, I'll take it. No, um, uh, I uh, think that both of those things are just uh, very, very, very pertinent every day and any day to have reminders about the um, value of our strength and uh, wisdom. That's. Uh, yeah, I'm just thinking it's like letting your endurance shine. What were you going to say, Rafa? Or I don't know. Stopping. Uh, I mean, I, I, it feels like I don't know what it is exactly, whether it's this full moon, because it's going to be a full moon in my eighth house, uh, Pisces eighth house. Um, and I can't, like, I can just tell there's something I've gone through recently. I'm like, all right, I got to stop, like, being an amateur. It's time to, like, step up in a very particular way. But I haven't, like, moved into that. So having the strength card that resonates with where I'm at a little. Um, I was quite honestly disassociating pretty hard when the angel was read. So I only heard the maritime part. So I was like, I, don't, you know, I know you're in Vegas and I'm in Colorado. And Raphael's not. He's in Vienna. So it's like no one's on the water. Uh, Raphael, is there anything that popped out for you? 
Well, very simple, just in terms of you talked about the sharpening uh, b before we started the show. And I think helping advance the easy way, what may be interesting though, because it's, I mean, these are the positive qualities. I could also read the human distortion parts, which I'm generally not reading. But the tarot card that's associated to this particular angel is the Seven of Swords, interestingly, which usually is more like, oh, you know. Thieving. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. But it's also, but it has to do, I mean, sharpening. That would very much be it, especially with the card version that I have in front of me by Brian Lahr, because they really have six swords going against one sword. Uh, so it's definitely, it shows like a sharpening process. And the uh, attributions here are Aquarius and the moon, which, I mean, I like both. So um, I think it, it's it, funny because it, well. you're, you're talking about this is making me think I don't want really to jump right into vaccines and stupid shit like that. But um, I mean, the affirmation have, is you know, just to maybe reinforce that the affirmation yeah. is I do something daring, you know, so <laughs> maybe there's something here. Well, that's strength. I mean, it feels like I don't know about y'all and we can get into it, whatever. Raphael's way more knowledgeable and vocal about his position on the whole vaccine situation. Um, but it's taken a toll like ever since COVID popped. I mean, I've been I've all been kind of screwed over mentally, I think. But I think it, because I was in a mode like I started the, Raphael's his suggestion, but we started this podcast when I was in Australia. I was traveling the world doing all this crazy shit. But I was supposed to go hang out with Raphael. And then all of a sudden this popped. And I'm not trying to like be like this privileged, like, oh, well, it's me. But I'm like, I did not prepare for this uh right so i'm kind of like in this weird headspace um where i've been really avoidant i would say of any like anything i'm just like look i don't want to talk about it or think about it um rafael has tried very hard to make me look at certain uh, documentaries in his not like in a mean way he's like inform yourself and I'm like i'm i'm choosing ignorance gemini chiron i don't care <laughs> um you know sun moon gemini chiron i'm like i don't want to know um but i'm kind of like here, seeing that strength card also with the uh uh, the sharpening, what we're alluding to in the green room, I was telling Serena that um, I see her commenting on a lot of people's, uh, my, our mutual friends' Facebook posts, refining their perspectives on astrology, uh, the vaccine, stuff like that. Um, so I was saying that she's a very, uh, especially given the fact that you have your ascendant conjunct Mercury, uh, you're a very um, a strong refining tool in the intellectual domain i feel you're kind of lifting the veil in a very particular way which i find very helpful that's why you know i pay attention to what you do and have tuned into what you're doing anyway i'm rambling goddamn pot with drop but um i'm kind of curious not curious but it's like the strength card is coming on strong for me because it's like it's time to step up like even Nicki minaj or random people will be like this is kind of sketchy i don't know about this um it feels yeah. like that was uh, a shocker i, I mean i'm yeah. not i don't know nikki minaj much not i don't think i really like She's her music but i was like for me. Huh. <laughs> interesting especially with someone with that much clout and like you know popularity and stuff one i'm not i'm not even sure if she's vaccinated or not but for her to say that causes dissension within the mega plan of the you know elite or whatever you want to call it so sure and time. she she had to know what she was getting she's being eviscerated in the media right now basically um but she had to know that getting into um going into saying something about it and that's what i admire that's that's courage and that strength when somebody of that much like clout and stature and in that much in the public eye says something it actually takes a lot more uh courage and strength to say something when you're someone like her than when you're someone like me because i'm a nobody i'm i don't got like i'm not going to be on the front page of the news with people ripping me to shreds when i say things you know um and as far, though, as, um, you know, you referenced my Mercury conjunct the Ascendant, I was studying astrology for years before I, like, zoned in and zeroed in on 
that um, placement and um, like, like, whoa, um, that explains so much. I have this insatiable desire to consume and share information. And um, as I go and on, we all see age, you that way because it's on your ascendance. So we're like, you are a community. Yeah. Yeah. And it's in Scorpio though. So, and it's square to Mars. So there's that sharpening and there's that sense of, I really feel like the pen is the greatest sword um, ever. Well, metaphorically the keyboard now, but you know, the pen and communication and words are um, absolutely a a weapon. (laughs) And uh, I think that's really beautifully reflected in that um, square to Mars and it being in Scorpio. Um, Scorpio can have a reputation with I think along with Gemini, Scorpio has the biggest reputation um, for truth seeking. Yeah, we're the most tainted, <laughs> yeah, the most tainted <laughs> for sure. I was thinking for um, effing maybe, things up yeah. in a good way. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we do have the our, our reputations proceed precede us, um, but uh, and there maybe it has something to do with that fact that we're just known as. Um, I, I like Gemini Brett's take on Gemini. Brett is a Gemini Scorpio. He's, I think he's Gemini rising with Scorpio sun. And um, I love that for him because um, he, he references Scorpio as like the conspiracy theorist sign. And I had never thought of it like that before. I'm like, I guess you're right. Um, that is like, we, cause we like to get into the underbelly of things. Scorpio third house sun, right? They, yeah. They don't, they, and with a Virgo moon, I don't remember the house, but it's like, lifting those rocks looking at all the creepy crawlies talking about fucking dmt machine elves or whatever not many people are doing that and talk about the things that nobody wants to talk about and be willing to put your um reputation on the line because you don't give a crap about your reputation kind of thing um brett's got a way more gentle way of going about it though his gemini stuff definitely takes the wheel um he he's so subtle about his um sharpening of people and uh, bringing things to people's attention like he's never once like made any kind of overt statement about all this over the last couple years at the same time that it's perfectly clear to me what his stance is (laughs) exactly like people like uh david palmer um he's whose dad just recently passed r.i.p um on 9-11, so I guess he won't forget that one. Uh, but he's very vocal. Like a lot of it's weird because I don't like I said, I chose I, I played the ignorant card this past year. I was like, fuck it, I'm gonna just do my own thing. And I've tried to swerve it like it's selfish, I guess, in a weird way, but I don't think that my fight is to get in the trenches and like like argue basically. <laughs> I'm just like, look, I'm just gonna hold my space and like don't like don't jab me, basically, please. Um but yeah, what I was saying is um, Palmer and there's other people like that who are ve- like a uh, peace dealer, um, very vocal about their political positions, which has I think has actually caused them a lot of influence or momentum or how we want to put that uh, to a degree. The only whereas, thing that's really, so sorry to interrupt, but the yeah, only no, thing that's no really costing you is a Twitter cloud or YouTube boost because... I mean, at least according to Cliff High, who's been in this business for a very long time, analyzing data and emotional values, predicting stuff on the assumption that what people write about actually contains emotional charge and therefore, in a sense, can predict the future in terms of momentum. And his assessment is that about 80% or something of Twitter stuff may actually just be bots. And similar with YouTube and so on. I mean, you can tell it even you post anything. It even just once says vaccine, no matter what you talk about even. And it's going to put the label on and so on. And uh, I just want to like, I'm definitely sure that there, there's a part of that. And the media certainly, you know, will rip you apart if you're popular and say anything. But I think in terms of entire population, 
that's it's usually a very skewed view that we're getting through the media and it's very important to be very aware of this perceptual filter and not be you know dismayed or uh, demoralized by it go ahead yeah my husband's reminding me of the my husband reminds me of the bot thing all the time he's like they're just bots i'm like oh yeah you're right That's my husband's jam. He's a super mercurial person himself, and he doesn't touch um, any of the other social media except for Reddit. He's on Reddit. And it's so funny with us both because he, I, I get joy out of finding information that he hasn't found before and like being the first to present it to him because we both have our own methods of going about finding information and we don't interact on social media or the internet at all. Um, but almost all the time I'll try to tell him, Hey, did you hear about? And he's like, yeah. And he'll tell me, Hey, did you hear about? And I'm like, yeah. And we're always trying to one up each other with the information, but he does remind me all the time of the bot thing. Cause it is more of a thing on Reddit for sure. And Twitter, Reddit and Twitter, I think are huge for the bots. Well, they even on the handle, it says, like, I'm a bot on Reddit, so you know it's a bot. And I think they're testing. It gets tricky because I just read an article. I forget where I saw it. Probably on Reddit. Because um, I had I signed up for Reddit December tw- uh, December 19th, 2012. So right before uh, the McKenna shift or whatever, right? And I was like, oh, I'll check this out. I've been on there for eight years. I haven't really been active lately, like probably for five years kind of thing. And then I got on it recently, and I was just like, oh, shit, this is the best thing ever if you're doing it right. But I read somewhere where it was basically like the internet has hit like a terminal not terminal velocity, but like a threshold um, <clears throat> where it might haunted isn't the right word, but it's like we're like what Rafael was saying. Um, we're being led to believe it's almost like deep fakes with the but with bots where we're being led to believe certain conversations are happening or whatever, or certain opinions are held yeah. or facts. It's very Neptunian. It's very Neptunian. Um, I mean, the internet in some way has always been Neptunian, but the whole deep fake thing and um, you can't trust even pictures. You can't trust videos. You can't trust. um, It looks like a profile said this or somebody said this. You can't trust that that's a thing because it could be a bot. Um, And I actually, yeah, that's, that's helped me actually not be super heightened by so much. Like sometimes I'll see something that it looks like somebody said that's so absurd. And my initial (laughs) reaction is to be upset. And then, and something will kick in. And I'll be like, that could just be a bot. That could just not be real. And somehow that like dampens it. And it doesn't mean it doesn't make as big of an impact when you consider the fact that it could be fake and to just like really withhold judgment on a lot of things um, until you have better confirmation of its reality. <laughs> right. That's kind of what I've been trying to do this whole year, because Raphael has very compelling I guess you could say arguments or uh, persuasions or whatever, which I haven't gone fully into um, ever because I just get lazy really quick and overwhelmed. Um, but about a very certain perspective, like a very, I mean, he could elucidate this if he wants, but a very certain kind of non vax necessary, like the vaccine is not necessary. The, you know, this is how it's working in a very particular way. I, I don't even know what the words are that you would say. Whereas my brother, who I live with, and his girlfriend, who's going to be going to med school for, whatever she used to work in a virology department all sorts of stuff they're like this is the antithetical like you know the mainstream Fauci position or whatever uh-huh. so it's just so i mean i don't know about y'all but especially as a cinnamon gemini with all my outer planets and retrograde and everything it's like um i feel like this past two years probably since the conjunction in jupiter and saturn but um the past two years and especially more recently uh, i am going through chiron and saturn transits but the cognitive dissonance is insane. It's almost like disheartening to a point where like I, it's paralyzing really for me. I don't know about y'all where I'm like, I don't know how, like 
it's hard to even hope for me right now, like, or know how to move. When I was working at my job, uh, which I got fired from a month ago, um, as a barista, I was working so hard. I wasn't really like, I was in a groove, you know, I was like, doo, 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 so I wasn't thinking about this stuff. But now that I've gotten out of that, I have so much spare time that I'm kind of overwhelmed. I mean, I don't want to project my depression on y'all, but I'm trying to get how you guys are dealing with the situation. I feel Raphael has always had this kind of laissez-faire um, caterpillar on the mushroom Alice in Wonderland vibe. So I don't think it hits him as hard. Um, whereas I feel very much like Alice, like, like towards the end of the movie, we're like, what the fuck is going on? I want out kind of like, we're in waking life where it's like, okay, I, I've had enough now, but I'm not suicidal. So it's like a weird situation. <laughs> like I have You're no clue where this is going and I don't have any hope really, but I want to not give up. You're definitely not alone. Um, and I don't know, I've always been, card, it's, it's, right? <laughs> yeah, it's always just been my thing to, um, want to talk about these things and um i have the that that's my role to play is to be the fierce one um i had a friend tell me once that i showed up in her dream and i had two white tigers on either side of me and i was urging her to not be afraid of them that they were um friendly and i loved that <laughs> um like a wolf but it's like but, two white tigers yeah, yeah. <laughs> um but i realize and astrology has helped me realize that 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 is not everybody's role to be um i don't really like this word but as militant as i am like a town crier um, put it that way like you're a town yeah. crier more and i think uh, Raphael maybe is too but keep going i didn't uh, interrupt you because you're not militant but mars does kind of co-rule scorpio so uh anyway, yeah keep going um and I realize that that's not everybody's role um, and everybody has their own role to play. And to me, I seen you, I see you as more of a, um, like more of a trickster vibe. Um, like you're, Which my you're hates. there's a subversiveness there to your humor. And like, it, it's kind of like your role to say things and, and people have to wonder what you mean about it or like guess at your meaning there or something like, and usually your, your, your motif on social media, you're, presence on social media was to put some kind of quote. You wouldn't even put your own words. You don't put your own words ever. You put a quote and you put some kind of image and it's usually got a sense of humor to it and a sense of beauty to it and a sense of like questioning, like make people think to it. Um, and that is beautiful in its own way. And I, I've missed your online presence. Um, unless the Facebook algorithms are just like not showing you to me, you haven't no, been there I've very much lately. I've slowed yeah. way down. Like I, I've been going through shit. I mean, for a long time, I was kind of vicarious. Twelfth house, Mars, Mercury conjunct, can uh, Cancer. So like, I, I think I just flow in with the eleventh house, Sun and Moon. Um, Gemini. I think I tend to just be like, all right, disassociative out there, public, and all this stuff. Um, but you're nailing it in the sense that, uh, well, here's the. I guess the negative polarization of this is I don't know who I am, <laughs> so therefore I don't hold on to anything too strongly, generally. Um, and then I've always felt at some point like let's have fun with social media and prod each other curiously as opposed to like, here's a plate of what I just ate or here's a stick. I don't know. You, you get what I'm yeah. putting down, but we don't have to yeah. talk about me. I'm kind of curious just how you guys are coping with this shit because I don't watch mainstream media, but the news I get is through like Facebook or Reddit or whatever. So I hear like major hits. Like I'm like, Oh, the Taliban's back. Okay. I get that now. Like I'm not just sitting there like every night, like, you know, I come from a family of conservative Christians who would like watch Fox news every night while eating dinner. Like that's what I grew up with straight up. Which I saw somebody talking about how they, they, they use parental controls to make it to where their parents can't watch the news anymore. Right. And I thought that was fun. <laughs> 
Um, but really it all comes back to my sense of spirituality, which, um, you know, I off and on through the years, I have a degree in psychology. I do see the value in, um, therapeutic, um, encounters, um, with people specifically trained to deal with people's deepest issues. Um, and I recently started going back to therapy and I'm very glad that I did. And she has pointed out to me, which, you know, I, I, it's always somewhere on the back burner there that I realized this, but they have a talent of bringing it to your forefront. Um, and she pointed out after I was telling her something, she's like, wow, it seems to me like spirituality is really a strength of yours. Um, and we were talking about some spiritual stuff for a while. She's like, this isn't normally what I talk about in here, but, um, that I can see that this is definitely a huge strength for you. Um, and I, I, I give this right. her copayment. It is. She's, she's yes. <laughs> you have a great shrink because all that I'd be curious as to your experience, but all the little that I know through a friend and universities, I mean, there is a few really amazing psychologists and so on but that most people training for this don't even have the emotional containment capacity or any spiritual knowledge you know they would be even be like oh this almost sounds spiritual what you're saying and, and look at you uh, i'm happy that you found someone who can deal with these things but i also have heard i think this was a year ago like you know new york times post where they said oh if you shrink uh, in new york or us and you don't know about ayahuasca and chakra chanting then you're, you're out of business. So I like that it's maybe more popular there than in Europe or something to be aware uh, of these things as a psychologist. I think it probably is a little bit more popular here, I, although I am not familiar with what it's like in Europe. Um, here, though, I, I think I'm not sure how many people realize the very strong differences between a psychiatrist, which is commonly known as a shrink, a psychologist and a therapist. A psychiatrist is a medical doctor. It literally etymologizes down to the medicalization of the soul, psychiatry. They're a medical doctor, so they have the um, license and quote unquote right to prescribe medications. And so they generally have very little training in actual But they have no ayahuasca, right? <laughs> yeah, no, no ayahuasca. Um, not, not at this point, yeah, no. And they have very little training in actual thera therapeutic, um, anything therapeutic that isn't a drug. Um, and psychologists are generally... Um, so it's more pharmacologically inclined necessarily. Yes, yes. A, a psychiatrist is always going to be the one that's writing your prescriptions. And a psychologist is a researcher. They usually work in universities and they're the ones doing the research on psychology. That's a psychologist. Ron and Dost, a therapist... Yes, yes, he was a researcher. Um, and a therapist or a counselor are interchangeable. Um, and they cannot write prescriptions, they can um, recommend you to a psychiatrist that will if they feel like it's necessary. Um, but they don't write prescriptions at all. And they're just, um, they have different modalities, but they just talk. And one thing that they're I like learned in my, for you, basically. Yes, but they also have a, a very unique set of skills um and they they differ per there there's so many different kinds of therapy even and so many different kinds of therapists but what i thought was really interesting that i um learned in my training was that they've done so much research on okay so there's all these different kinds of therapy what's the best kind and what they repeatedly come back to is they all have across the board generally the same kind of outcomes and what is most important it doesn't matter what kind of therapy the therapist um, practices it matters the relationship between the person and the therapist if they are able to forge a relationship that is what's therapeutic is the presence of two people 
relating to each other. Like bonding. It's funny because I just started going to therapy um, as one of the conditions of my living at home where I'm crashing for a while. There was a period like a few months ago where they're like, you're just smoking and tripping and what the fuck, get a job. That point, like six months ago, um, I'm like, no, it's fine. I'm like, you know, coming my life. I was like, I don't, I don't know, I don't know what to do. Like, I can't travel, so what am I gonna do? I'm gonna travel elsewhere. Um, in any event, though, I started seeing a therapist because they're like, you either like, you know, start doing X or see a therapist. And I was like, all right, fine, uh, because I'm on Medicare, I guess it is, or Medicaid. I can go see this guy for free, but he's a therapist. He's not a shrink. And it's funny because what you're talking about in terms of the bonding thing like i can i mean for better or worse i'm fairly intellectual even though i think i'm more intuitive than academic particularly so it's like weird but um it feels like there's this ego wall that has to get gotten through like there's trust and vulnerability and like how much do i want to expose but the biggest thing for me is like most of the people that i've ever tried especially this guy but most people in general that i've ever tried to talk about things of, um, you know, a, a rehabilitative nature or, or like strength or like, how can I strengthen my fucking situation aren't, well, woke is a strong word, but are not on the same spiritual psychedelic wave as I am. So I sound like a nut job just from the get go. If that makes yeah. sense. I have previously um, been very picky about who I pick for a therapist. And I've only seen like three in my life, um, which if we knew about my uh, childhood, it probably doesn't seem like enough, but um, uh, <laughs> I look for holistic, the word holistic in their headings. And the last one I was seeing, I loved her and she was, she would do like breathing exercises with me and she would talk about like the, um, oh, I'm the allostatic field and the allostatic load, which the allost allostatic load is, it's basically like all the stress we're carrying around in an energetic kind of sense. And so like um, a hippie version of cortisol. <laughs> Yeah, but yeah, it's but it's held in your energetic body. And there's actually this really, really awesome um, lecture by Joe Taffur, T-A-F-U-R, from the Psychedelic Science um, uh, Conference. And I, I believe it was 2017, maybe 2014. They're all available on YouTube. Amazing. You can go look at every single lecture, which I mean, most conferences don't do that. They make you pay your $500 to go see anybody talk. Um, and the, but Psychedelic Science, all the lectures are available online. Joe Taffur. And he researched in the Amazon. He's a American medical doctor, but he spent years in the Amazon with ayahuasca. Um, and he um, has very interesting theories about like what's happening when you're with a shaman in session and with ayahuasca is it's cleansing your allostatic load. And the allostatic load, even though it sounds woo woo, is a thing that's talked about in like scientific literature. Um, it's basically boils down to the sure like all of our. Right? Yeah. Yeah, like yeah. all of our lifetime, all of our stresses, but in how, how they're held in our energetic body and um, how he thinks that um, ayahuasca and sh like different shamanic techniques are literally cleansing the allostatic load. So this therapist that I was seeing, she she's a licensed clinical therapist, um, but she bills herself as holistic. And she would not only do like breathing exercises with me to help me like get centered and calm down, um, but she would. Um, she would rake my aura. She would like, which is basically just like taking her hands and all 10 fingers and like raking my energetic body and like throwing it away. I wish you could see me right now on camera because I'm like using hand gestures, even though you can't see me. Um, and so she, would, she would do that. Thing. Are you making and it would feel good. As, uh, yes. Haley Joel Osmond with the pretty bird. And I, I do it to my son sometimes and he loves it too. Um, and I've always seen him as a really sensitive kid. So anyway, she was like this clinical therapist that 
did that. And it's because I, she, and I found her because she used the word holistic in her description. And the one I'm seeing now, I, I've historically paid for all of mine out of pocket because I didn't want to take the ones that my insurance would pay for. Um, but I'm on Medicaid right now too. And I'm seeing one and I don't have to pay for it. And I'm like, well, I don't have anything to lose here because I'm not paying for it. So I'll just try this random person, you know, um, and I'm lucking out with it, but, uh, yeah, that is actually like the, the most important part of, crypto. of it. It's like, I might as well try. Yes. <laughs> like, yes. Uh, my husband was asking me today, like what we're going to talk about. And um, I listed off a bunch of different stuff that I thought we might. And um, he's like, what about GameStop and crypto? <laughs> it seems to fit in with that crowd. And I'm like, I don't hear anybody talking about the GameStop stuff anymore. Even the crypto crowd doesn't talk about that. You know anything about that? I'm like I said. I, I'm a. I'm not wearing it now. I'm a. I'm a redditor in the sense that I love it, and I. I think it vibes hard with what I'm about. But I don't. I haven't been very participatory. So no, I didn't do any of that. I'm not rich. I'm living at home. <laughs> right. So it's like shit. I fucked up. I should have stayed on Reddit and paid attention. Right. Um, but <laughs> Apparently, there's. It, it like it. It blew up a few months ago with like oh these um because of Reddit yeah, these GameStop the people yeah um and pissed a bunch of head fund hedge fund managers off and everybody thought it just went away but apparently it didn't and there's a lot of people oh, like really holding the line with it yeah, yeah. but even the amc is different from gamestop even the gamestop Correct. thing is apparently even different and they're like hold the line and they really think that their little hundred dollar share is gonna have to turn into like five hundred thousand dollars when these hedge fund managers are forced to buy it back um right. and it's it's my um, philosophy i'm like they make the rules they're gonna find a way around it uh, yeah. but good luck but uh yeah that's well at the very least so i i followed it just a little bit when it started but at the very least it's exposing the immense amount of corruption and precisely this mechanism that there is a, you know there's a big club and you ain't in it you know and they make their own rules and they change them but at least if there's so much attention to it just you know as I guess yeah. with some of the actions of the most popular popular administrations, I mean, all of them all over the world, especially U.S., of course, is in the, you know, has a searchlight on it. But it just reveals the corruption and the obvious, you know, malfunctioning and just destroys the illusion of this being fair at all, whether it's, you know, administration and government and elections or whether it's, you know, uh, financial markets. And I think that's great because this can uh, spur individuals to look for other systems and develop other systems and look for different ways. Um, I don't think that that system itself really can actually be fixed the way it is now. So they will right. always only fix it for their own interests. So the point is, as with many things, you know, peaceful non-compliance. It's very simple, actually, I think. Exactly. And, um, and on some level, even though they might try to find a way around it, um, it's scaring them. Uh, they don't yeah. want it talked about. That's why you don't hear about it, because they don't want anybody to know about it. Um, which makes me think about Reddit again. Have either of you heard of the Reddit documentary, The Internet's Own Boy, about the guy that created Reddit and how he was like basically murdered? Who was he again? Because this happened a few years ago. Can you remember yeah, his name? Not, not Aaron, Aaron yeah. Schwartz. Aaron, Aaron Schwartz. But yeah. he was also involved with some, I mean, I think he was the one who leaked Which this universe, university documentary and maybe yep. he, he was involved in some other stuff. I'm pretty sure as well. Otherwise, yes. you know, you don't he get would... suicided that easily. <laughs> yes, he, he believed in free information for all. So he leaked a bunch of stuff and like put it up available for free. And um, he had so much um, pressure on him. The story, the, the, the story they want everybody to think, like wh whether he created... Uh, committed suicide or was murdered, they killed him, in my opinion, because of he was just 
he he wasn't like this like militant guy. He was just this little nerd that wanted to do what was right. And they came at him with all of the forces of like this covert United States. The man behind the curtain came after him. Yeah, (laughs) the man came after him with all of its guns out and metaphorically. And um, now, you know, Reddit's turned into this. It's got its strength still, but it's kind of a wasteland now too. It's not what he conceived it as, even though he, but yeah, it's a great documentary. I've watched it a couple of times and he's a Scorpio for the record. Actually, he was born the same year as me and in the same month as me. And I'm uh, looking at his chart as we speak. It's funny you're alluding to stuff because I saw a snippet. I don't, I mean, I'm, I'm a Gemini. I just like look into the, you know, it's like driving by a shop. I see in the window, I keep driving. So I'm not like in tech. I'm not in crypto. I'm not in a lot of these things. I don't even, you know, do heavy doses of my psychedelics. (laughs) Like I've never done, uh, you know. A lot of psychedelics i kind of do one or two tabs kind of like one tap anyway i digress the point is um there was a snippet i saw of something where i guess he was like a 14 year old or some shit like he was like a genius guy and he yeah no he was a savant yeah yeah and he was they're like we're we're talking about like you know information acts and stuff like that and like we're having like serious high level kind of adult things and there were kind of some i don't want to say losers but like um fringe kind of techie people like mm-hmm. IT kind of people more. Um, and then this kid flew from wherever he's from, like California to DC or whatever he did. And it's like, why? Like, they're like, well, who are you? Why are you here? He's like, this is an important landmark thing. It's like, holy shit. So I'll have to watch that documentary. Um, I'm glad you're kind of telling me about it. I'm going to look up his chart really quick. But um, no, as far as the Reddit thing, to me, it's always been like a kind of a, it's hard. It's, it's like any subculture. I mean, McKenna's right. Like they're all, they're not your friend. So I think what happens is like, it's a really beautiful place to like, for me, it was always about memes. Like today I learned is a great subreddit. Like there's certain subreddits I think are great um, aesthetically gifts and certain things, but at the same time, like it's weird because, and this is true of probably any social media, but for sure Reddit, um, I have found more to cause me to have hope and humanity again. Like recently all I've been doing for the past, during, I've been withdrawing on weed for like a week or whatever, three days. Um, and not sleeping or eating much and all I've been doing is editing and just kind of, you know, scrolling through the top, whatever, uh, you know, uh, today I learned and all these kind of other stuff. His point is, uh, you can either get the most inspired about humanity, be like, holy shit, we can really change things and look what we can do together and all this stuff. And then it's also shows such dark nihilistic kind of apathetic self-indulgent narcissistic generation that we've got, going, you know, people today or whatever, where it's like, holy shit, this is like maybe one of the last websites before we like go total Orwellian or something like that. I'm not really sure how to feel about it, um, but I like participating in it. We don't have to talk about Reddit all day or anything like that, but as far as the um, stonks and all that, I never got on it. I was aware of it. I actually saw a great GIF meme type thing where it's like um, 1% of Redditors like crushing Wall Street, like what they're doing or whatever they're doing uh, lately. And then it's like 99% of Wall Street or Redditors. And it shows like that um, video clip of the cat with a, hood, a beanie DJing yeah. or whatever. Yeah. And it's like, we're all celebrating, like we're doing something. It's like, I'm not. The Aaron Schwartz is at the world are doing it. And I'm just kind of going, oh shit, I think I saw what you did there. Um anyway, I'm I'm rambling. Feel free to come in. It's up. all a double thing. Like um I, I go from hating it to loving it. Like at the same time, like I, I hate um I know it's hip- hypnotic effect on us where we do just keep scrolling and scrolling and scrolling and how much energy that takes from us and like having to see, you know, people and things that we that bring us down side by side with things that empower us and give us hope. Um, at this point though, especially with just all the massive isolation, um, 
it's more of a strength for me to keep in touch with it because I've curated my crowd and what I see and put in front of me on social media to the point that I do see more of what gives me hope than what gives me um, cause to despair or be afraid. And I'm bringing it back to Ram Das. One of my favorite um, points that he likes to make is how um, it's spiritual bypassing to just, uh, you know, focus on the perfection of everything in the world and the, the like un believable beauty of the world um and which is true is, but simultaneously not fully the truth that's the point it's like it's not untrue that everything is awesome and perfect but sure sure yes like um and that, that yeah that that's his point that we can we can either there's some people out there just they're constantly um staring down and looking down at the hell of the earth and the unspeakable horrors and they are really despaired and angry all the time and then there's some people out there that are head in the clouds and just so focused on the beauty and how perfect it all is and the trick is to hold both of you both of them in you at once um to not be so focused on the beauty and perfection of it all that you um ignore the unspeakable horrors and not be so focused on the unspeakable horrors that you despair so much that you don't see the beautiful perfection of it all and to just be able to hold those both in you at once social media is definitely practice that is the power of paradox and you know just to point out the one reddit i look at sometimes at least let's see if i can get this here oh yeah you can see it I'm surprised that's, you don't read it, Raphael. It's very European. That's my husband's favorite. He's on the conspiracy boards all the time. Um, but he, he hardly ever says anything because he gets kicked off all the time. He gets his profiles kicked off. <laughs> yeah, I'm pretty so, sure so that because it's, you know, because it's popular enough, I'm pretty sure they have heavy censoring on some topics as well. But even just here, it's not completely useless. You know, nutrition mm-hmm. and then weird synchronicities happening because it was like, let's just yeah. check out the top posts, you know. Uh-huh. So, um, you know. I, if it's sometimes it can be fun they were talking about israel um i mean this is i just saw on the conspiracy board like i said i've just been binging on reddit for a few days um the and i don't know if this is true this is where i get like overwhelmed by the whole thing the gemini con 11th house happens where i'm like i don't know how to filter the information i love looking at everything but now it's like a weird heavy peak acid trip and i don't know what's like there's no filter yeah <laughs> um so like uh i guess on conspiracy they were saying uh, it was a screenshot of disclosed.tv, which to me already, I'm like, all right, so this is going to be more like rabbit holey people. I don't know, you know, who knows where their heads are at. Uh, but it was showing, I guess, a press conference in Israel where two heads of state were talking and they didn't realize their mic was hot. And the lady was basically like, we're trying to pressure these people into the passport. That's There's no real need for it. Like, we're trying to, like, gameplay this shit. But, yeah. But I'm like, is this valid? Is this like a conspiracy? circle jerk it's it's super valid because just to point out i think it's i haven't read it myself but i believe his name is alexander solzhenitsyn who's like a super famous i don't even know exactly what the stuff he wrote about yeah exactly and i think this isn't a quote from him that also got kind of popular last year was they know they're they know we know they know we know they're lying like everyone knows they're lying and they still keep lying something along (laughs) those lines and um you know you can always be like well if you just assume and this you know comedy has an issue because by now you don't need any actors or anything anymore you literally can see how most of the world stage politicians are nothing but actors and you know they're good at being robotic they're good at reading scripts just like with uh, obama for example but uh it's if one has you know not so much cognitive dissonance and probably childhood trauma 
not to be able to consider the possibility that you're simply being tricked, you know, then it's pretty easy to see that they're just following a script. And just like you said, Jim, there's been many examples of this, then off screen or whatever, just even the Austrian chancellor, he was caught once and he was like delivering some speech about the oh so dangerous pandemic. And, and then afterwards he was like, Oh, you know, I'm still practicing. I hope this was dramatic enough. Yeah. I was asking yeah. his friends or what stuff like that happens everywhere. And then, you know, if one would know a bit of whether it's David Icke or whatever, and the actual or Michael Tessarian or Mark Passio, it doesn't matter whom, and you understand a bit of the psychology, the history, and uh, especially the psychology of these individuals, you see it with that lens, it's really easy to spot and it's not a big mystery actually it's pretty it's pretty open i think some even call it open conspiracy you know just like with the documents and the pandemic it's also all open all the information the conferences and just recently i saw like i think a whole hour uh, you know fauci never had anything to do with gain of function well there is now a one hour documentary where he's talking about nothing but exactly that so uh, you know Nothing is oh, secret. Yeah. <laughs> it's really a question if you want to, if you're able to look and if you can emotionally have the containment capacity and the cognitive dissonance uh, tolerance. Um, Which clearly, I do to not. Look. Clearly, and I do not. I'll reference really quick. Um, I don't want to interrupt you. I was just looking at Schwartz's profile. He's got Chiron and Gemini too, and it's making aspects to literally almost everything, right? Um, Venus conjunct Scorpio, his. Uh, Uranus is opposite as Chiron and his air uh, north of his Aries. So it doesn't surprise me. It's like you're gonna get like you're gonna be a rebel and get screwed over for your ideas, but you're you're here to he, I mean he did what he came for, it seems like to be what's his ascendant? Does it have his ascendant? Uh, hold on, let me look. It's on this website that I hate. I hate astrotarch.com. I think they use a different house. Uh and they probably don't have the ascendant. It doesn't yeah. have his ascendant, and it doesn't yeah. have houses. That's what my like, fuck this. Um yeah. hold on, I'll try a different chart really quick because they they probably that, don't have it. Uh, um, I think I, I've made it. I think I've guessed before. What I prefer. And now I'm remembering. I made a. I right. made an educated, intuitive guess on his ascendant before that it was Virgo rising, which See, would put I, I certain would things in that. certain houses that made sense too. Um, and I, what's his moon again? He's at. Oh, look right now. Hold on. Um, where are you at, bro? Just some Scorpio moon Aquarius not rising, and it doesn't. Moon Aquarius. Rising. That makes sense. Technology. Yeah, I think he's. No, it doesn't do. I mean, no one knows his time of birth, probably. Yeah. Um, so moon Aquarius. That's right. So I'm the Scorpio moon yeah, in Taurus. So he was born like just like one week before me, basically. Um, and yeah. I love I, it when you can use your head about this stuff. Like astrology is like the hyper woo that tastes good, and then when you start getting into the nitty gritty, I'm like, I can't focus. You know, but you're like, hey, the math adds up if you turn the combo this way. Voila, yeah. I can figure it out. Uh, I mean, I'm uh, always impressed how smart my friends are. Good job, guys. <laughs> I'll take it. Um, I wanted to bring it back, though, to like the uh, what you keep saying about like how to deal with this stuff and not let it like get you so down. And I definitely go through my periods where I am way down about it. Like last spring, I was appalled. I I had been I was so low and so freaked out last spring, not by what the government was doing. I'm used to the government doing shady fucked up shit. I was appalled by people, by all the people and how they were eating everything up and how they were begging to be locked down and begging to have the rights taken away and so manipulated 
that, and that's still what, if anything is going to get me down, it's not what the government's doing, what these corporations are doing. It's what my fellow people are doing. It's my own family that seems like would probably like turn me Lamps in and the, the government told me to, told them to, or something. Yeah. It's the own, like my own community and people that will get me sad. But I think I mentioned this the last time we talked, which was kind of at the beginning of all this in, in spring of last year. And what I, that's when you I came keep, on? Like, that's it's been that long. Oh, totally. Totally. Yeah. We've been. It, oh, my we God. I do too many drugs. Been crazy. <laughs> I was like, wait, what, I, what time is it? What day is it? Slip screen. I, I had a baby. Life's been crazy. Um, <laughs> uh, but I think I brought it up then. And I, I, I should probably talk about it all the time. But before I dropped out of my, my master's degree, what we were studying was somatic psychology, which is like how your emotions live in the body and how you can heal your emotions and your mind through your body and vice versa and it's like edmt kind of stuff or whatever it's called edmt um, what's that I'm not, i don't know i didn't mean to interrupt you were you like i think it has to do with soma like touch uh, um well just like somatic is just um like what your body's doing and how your body holds emotion like emotion lives in the body we talk about um like you know it made my stomach sick it made my heart drop and stuff like that like emotions like when you're experiencing an emotion um, what a good somatic therapist is going to do is help bring your attention to what's happening in your body while you are feeling that emotion. Um, they don't even have to touch you. Like somatic somatic therapists don't even, they don't touch you. They br help bring your attention to what's happening in your body. Um, but one of the pioneers of somatic psychology was, I don't know if I'm going to pronounce this right. Um, my German grother, grandmother be, would be ashamed, but Robert Reek. Um, and he was, he's kind of seen as one of the Reich. shadow, not Wilhelm, Reich. Not, but Reich. not Wilhelm Reich, Robert Reich. Oh, no. Wilhelm Reich. Wil probably. Yeah. Wilhelm. Wilhelm Reich. Yeah. Um, <laughs> he is like one of the founding fathers of psychology along with, of modern psychology, along with Jung and Freud. Um, but he, the establishment eventually like really didn't like him. So they yeah. like, he like literally went to jail and stuff, but, um, he had some very interesting um, theories and I didn't learn about him in my education until my master's level. Like I got through an associate's and a bachelor's level in psychology without ever hearing his name and didn't get it brought up until um, master's level and fascinating stuff. Um, but he's seen as one of the founders of um, somatic psychology even a hundred years ago. And also Gandhi. Gandhi is brought up as a founding father of somatic psychology, not because he was a psychologist, not because he was a therapist, but because of his obsession with the body and his obsession. So he's known as like a freedom fighter and a, 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 a pillar of peace and freedom through peace and like, but rebellion. Um, he, he, he was a rebel. Um, he just did it peacefully. Um, and, but he was obsessed with the body and this is what it all came back to for him is that, um, no matter what the governments are doing, when people are unhealthy and out of touch with their body, they're easier to control and they're easier to turn against each other. So he was obsessed with trying to get people to take control of their bodies, get in touch with their bodies, do th like things like herbal therapies and yoga and just keeping your body in shape because with keeping your body in shape, your mind and your soul are also brought, it's all connected, mind, soul, body. That's that's somatic psychology. It's, it's all connected, mind, soul, and body. And he taught people to go back into their body. Our American people are so disconnected from their body. I don't know about, I, I don't think it's as bad with Europeans well, even. I but. think it's, 
just briefly i think this is almost the same everywhere and this is also what kind of was similar just the way you put it the only thing that would have brought me down during all that time you know spirituality helps a lot and knowing who you are helps a lot as well and knowing it's a you know type of end game also helps a lot because you know i'd rather have them make their move now than uh, you know mull around another 30 years or whatever you know so bring bring it on um but in terms of uh, individuals actually acting strangely and then i'm always like i'm very sorry but any baby if you put something in front of their face you know and not that i would recommend it but very quickly if they can they will tear it off because oh, they yeah. can't breathe you know it's a it's a, such a simple understanding and there i was like oh my god like these people willfully suffocating themselves and i'm like anyone can have their asphyxiation asphyxiation fetish or whatever but like every day, all day, and like even deliberately, because that's what the one thing I really observed when this whole thing started. And also here, like in the metro and, and in the public transport, you're supposed to be wearing it. And eventually, through some, you know, combination of past and present synchronicity, uh, have an exemption. So I literally, you know, feel very interesting when I like in the Matrix, when I walk around there and I'm like, I'm completely relaxed. I can breathe properly, I'm not wearing it, and I'm looking at people and I'm always like, well, at least why don't they at least kind of put it down or something, you know, that they can breathe a bit and just, you know, pretend, but many almost seem to be into it, or I'm not exactly sure. And they believe the hype. I mean, I'll be honest, especially having had what I think was COVID or whatever the fuck happened this spring, like, I'm like, how would I put it? There's, I mean, this is why it's psychological warfare, I mean, it's spiritual too, I guess, but it's like, I'll go into the store and I'll be like, I hope I'm not, I've never been a hypochondriac. Like I am not what I would call the most hygienic person by any stretch of the imagination. And now I'm like, I'm not washing my hands extra or anything like that, but I'm like very, they've put in my mind the idea that the world is not a safe place. Well, here you go. And that's the mind control. That's exactly the thing. It never has been though. Well, right, exactly. So on the one hand, uh, like, you know, it's a Christian or whatever. They'd be like, someone would be like, your life is written in the Lamb's book of life. You're going to die when you're going to die. Like why bother? Like, there's only so much you can control, but at the same time, like, it feels like being more, this is where it gets tricky for me, the discernment of it, where it's like, um, how to put it, I don't want to run around being ignorant, because now what I'm saying... Well, but just I'm before just, you said you choose ignorance, just explain me well, that I'm combination. I'm by default. That's what happens with Neptune opposite all my shit. <laughs> That's what happens with, like, Chiron, Sun, Moon, Gemini, 12th house, uh, Sun, uh, I mean, uh, Mars, Mercury conjunct. I feel like I'm just like... In some ways, I'm ahead. In some ways, I'm really behind. It's I'm like I'm obviously fairly articulate, but I got uh, I I've been, I've been to summer school for English in seventh grade and got an F on a report card and stuff. I'm not the most academic person. Point is, I was I'm digressing on all sorts of weird shit now. But um, I've seen enough. You know, you see stuff on social media where it's uh, a lot of let's say anti-vaxxers like, look, um, protect my family or like, these hashtags and stuff. And you start looking, and it's like all these people being like. I'm having adverse reactions or, you know, that kind of propaganda. And I'm not saying propaganda in a negatively polarized way, just information like, you know, t to convey a point for sh switching someone's opinion. And then now I'm starting to see a lot of people being like, this person was very vocal, like you, Raphael, or something, and then they got in COVID and they died. I'm like, it's just too much. I'm super saturated. This is why I'm kind of pulling back. I'm like, I don't want to go live in a I can tell you what happened just Jesus very Christ. briefly, just to understand. I'm not sure, Serena, have you heard about these cases? Because I heard there's been a few. The protect your family hashtag? Uh, no, but uh, oh. vocal people. Uh, like anti-vaxxers dying. Yeah. Oh, I'm like, oh like I'm like anti-vax as fuck. So like I, I, it's constantly on my radar. Everybody's reaction. Right. So, so let's let like me just point this out. 
briefly. That way, but then dying of COVID. Like, yes. I made a mistake. Whoops. Guys, uh, get the vaccine. Well, yeah, yeah, sure. <laughs> I put it in my head. Just briefly, because apparently there is at least one instance, and this is now referred to by Ike, whom I can recommend anyone to watch now, especially because ever since day one, he properly understood what was happening. He, in my view, at least he had the right analysis from the start. And he mentioned, and he, in his one of his recent podcasts, he's laying out the document. So this is not, you know, whatever, you know, by now it's become a meme. Alex Jones was right. <laughs> um, and he, and Ike is just going through the documents of, uh, in this case, I guess, psychotronic warfare, however you would call it, where you have, you know, the voice in the skull technology and also some more subtle forms of uh, impregnating, let's say, someone with a thought pattern. And if people are not connected to the higher self or whatever and they can't differentiate they're hearing something and they may actually think it's their own thought and that's well documented enough even decades ago that they had this kind of technology so that's one how you can explain how vocal anti-vaxxers may suddenly wound up being vaccinated because they uh, you know they can't make that combo and otherwise in terms of people dying of uh, what is called covid Again, I'll just very briefly mention it. If you know that the testing itself is completely faulty and the supposed poison has never been properly isolated in order to be defined, but is only generated as a computer model, then as a media, I can literally have anybody die of COVID if I want to, you know, so. So I, I think, Jim, what it comes down to with with your point of like, how do I know, like, like I, I, there's this psychological warfare going on on us. Like um, on one side, you're going to die if you get the vaccine and you're going to have get bronchitis if you wear the masks and on another side you're going to die if you don't wear the masks and you don't get the vaccine and how do i know the truth how do i know which one it is um and i i think for me um because experts disagree all the time people are like listen to the scientists listen to doctors thousands of scientists and doctors disagree with each other you can the find best- an expert to back your opinion on yeah, any front sure. basically so so if you if your whole like way of going about the world is oh like listen to what the experts say then you're going to run into some problems. So what do you do when the experts disagree? And I think it comes down to like how do you like how do you want to live? Do you want to live afraid to touch the apples in the grocery store um or do you want to live not afraid of that? Um and it's 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 hard for me. I'm so deep in my side of it obviously cognitive dissonance that it's hard for me to even like comprehend like being afraid of a virus um at the same time that being sick sucks being sick sucks no matter what and you owe it even before covid hit anytime i remember i remember being sick and you feel like you're gonna die you're like oh my god i'm dying and you know but 99.99999% of the time you don't die and it's just it really sucks it's hard and you it you feel better afterwards though, because being sick does our bodies a good, a great service. It's a part of life to be sick and it's a good part. And that's why I remind myself all the time that um, sure being sick sucks and it can be scary, but it's a good thing. Um, And that's kind of, that's really hard for uh, like the vast majority of people are like, they don't want to hear that at all. They don't want to hear that there's anything good about being sick. Um, any level I'm actually not afraid of death or any of that stuff. Like, like, in a weird way, it's mostly like the ideas of others. It's like inter- uh, um, inception, where it's like oh, an idea is like a virus sink. It's like you know, once you get it in, it goes. And I feel like there's a few ideas rattling around. Even stuff like flat Earth, which we've talked about on here a bunch of QAnon. Like, there's so many ideas going on right now, and I'm willing to entertain all of them equally to a degree that it gets very difficult. I mean, I do have, like I said, Mars 
Mercury conjuncted 12th house cancer. It's like, I don't know where the boundaries lie sometimes. And I don't know how to like, it's, it's way more timid. So it's not so much like I'm going in and being like, I'm afraid. It's more like I have an idea that was put in my head. That wasn't my idea to begin with. And now I'm thinking it. that's how it feels. Yeah. Well, I don't know is a very powerful place to come from too. I don't know. That's, that's a very powerful stance in its own way. Um, and it, um, I see that it seems like it's given you a lot of anxiety, this feeling of don't know and having all this information and, um, and not just like, COVID. I mean, it's, it's not even about death and all that stuff. It just feels like, I mean, obviously we're all in the same boat. It feels like the game has shifted in such a way, like the stakes are higher. My, like I was privileged and just doing drugs and having fun and traveling the world and doing whatever, like poorly, like I'm a broke motherfucker, but like the freedoms and the things I assumed were part of life. Like it's like, a, I imagine generations have to go through this, whether it's the cold war or world war two. I mean, what's coming to mind is like Mary Curie, the lady who um, figured out stuff with, I think radiation um, is a good example. It's like, she died because of her ignorance, but it were good because it, it just gets so quickly um, hard for me because <laughs> Did it though. some of the stuff I'll allude to like Raphael doesn't even agree with the presuppositions. Right. Um, which yeah. doesn't matter to me because Raphael is not an authority, but he's like kind of a sounding board for me. Yeah. So it gets tricky. Where I'm like, all right, if we're going to doubt science, like, where's the limit for that? Well, um, if I may sense. just uh, point out two, three things. Number one, because I love citing the Bible to you, um, Jim. You know, my people, <laughs> my people, feeding me my own shit. My people perish <laughs> for lack of knowledge, and be hot or be cold, or I will spit you out of my mouth. In terms of polarization, making a choice, separating the wheat from the chaff. And then in terms of, because this discussion, of course, is interesting, Serena, who can you trust? Uh, I remember when I first started researching nutrition and I was like, anybody can say anything and there's a hundred million new diets and so on. And eventually I found some 90-year-old naturopath doctor. He was eating raw eggs and uh, talked about intermittent fasting and stuff like that. And I was like, well, at least he seems to be independent. So he's, you know, this would be the other thing, cui bono, follow the money, who benefits, very simple. And here again, it's very obvious Fauci literally is nothing but the bag man for big pharma. It's, you know, this is nothing even to debate about. So that can be another thing to see which expert opinions actually can be unbiased, at least financially speaking. Um, and there, you know, you can separate out a lot. And then the other concept, of course, is attitude and what emotion is being put out. Is it love or fear? And here again, it's super simple to discern, actually, if one can connect with that and not get confused by the switcheroo where they're then telling you, oh, you do it out of love to protect your family. You're going to kill yourself or threaten your own health, you know, suffocating yourself and stuff like that. Um, so, yeah. To, to me, it's not so difficult anymore to separate out at least what can certainly be discarded simply because you have these financial attachments or the obvious only, you know, fear propagation. Then already you can tell, like, I mean, it's, it's also a matter of choice how you want to live, Serena, like you said. But once you've made that choice, then it's clear I'm going to go with the independent voices and I'm going to go uh, with the love-based uh, information. It's just hard because I feel like most people aren't, I mean, I'm choosing, choosing ignorance is a strong way to put it, but it's like, I'm choosing not to have a horse in the race at a level, but the whole world has a horse in the race at some level. <laughs> so yeah, you, you, know, you do as well. Will, if you care about like, your, I don't, I don't want a vaccine. Obviously I've kind of stood on that side, but the past week or two, I'm like, is this going to be shoved down my throat, whether I want to or not? Like, that's the kind of stuff I'm getting to where it's like, I mean, I don't, I'll, if I just stay in a state or, you know, stay, stay put and, have a shitty job somewhere in america and i don't never travel the world again i could deal with that i've seen the world it's more just a matter of like 
uh, like when I was mentioning the Mary Curie thing, it was like, I hope I'm not presuming incorrectly. Um, I hope I'm not zealously saying, I know that this stuff is Bobo and it's totally bogus and whatever. I'm gonna yeah, but again, it's, I'm sorry to pin you down on this, but how are you going to ever know? How are you going to know? And what's the consequences of you being wrong? Like, what, 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 what does that mean uh, if like, you say that example. and you are wrong? So this election, and I've mentioned this once in this podcast recently, and Rafa was shocked. I don't talk about this much because it's probably one of the least... My political record is not something I'm proud of. Let's put it that way. Uh, I voted for Bush back in the day, like all stoned in like 2004 and all this shit. Uh, and <laughs> wow. I don't even like Bush. Yeah, I know, right? It's like that. But the point but is, I voted. That for helped wake me up, though, Jim. Thank you. When, when the, this was the re-election for Bush, right? Because that I remember distinctly. That was the point for me. Maybe to briefly share this, and at least some of the audience will be interested. My whole, you know, journeying into, or my certain recognition that something is completely wrong is actually when Bush got reelected. That day I was like, okay, I'm gonna default now not trust anything because I can't believe a population. I mean, this was also propaganda, but true enough, you know, a warmongering president who appears like a complete idiot and is getting reelected, you know? And there was like, okay, something is so wrong. Uh, can't trust these guys <laughs> or this system. Well, I, I'm guilty of... So thanks for waking me up. This has been a long time. I mean, I, I tend to do this. I'm like, I don't know, whatever. And at that point, I was less strong. I was more in the fold of conservative Christian thinking or whatever. So I, it doesn't surprise me I did that. I was pretty much apathetic as opposed to vitriolic against Bush or something. I was just kind of laughing like, he's an idiot, but aren't we all or whatever. So anyway, I this is something I'm not proud of at all because I, do, I don't think he's a clone necessarily and all this kind of, you know, how deep does one want to go down the rabbit hole? But it's like... Um, I was going to vote third party in this last election to like the day of the election. And then I was actually, I think I was like, I'm not going to vote at all. I'm just going to not have a horse in this race. Cause we're talking about how you have horses. And there's, this is, this is why I'm trying to not, how to put it. I've recently learned a lesson through this and it's not fun and it's through the political system. So it's like an interesting lesson. Hopefully people can learn basically. And it's not like they were twisting my arm, but I was being Chinese water tortured to a degree by my brother to vote for Biden. He's like, you're going to throw away your vote with a third party. It's a waste of a vote. I was like, hey, maybe you're right. Maybe I shouldn't vote at all. You know, whatever. And I probably shouldn't have listened to him. I'm way too gullible sometimes or, or open, I guess. Um, anyway, I voted for Biden. And as soon as I did that, because you were saying what would happen if I did this, it's like the not guilt, but like the inauthenticity of that decision has stuck with me where it's convinced me where I'm like, I don't want a vaccine. <laughs> so yeah. I won't make the same mistake again. It's like I got a soft failure on the front end with the vote as opposed to the Thanks, rejection. Jim. I'd rather have you vote in a, you know, anyhow simulated election than potentially, you know, <laughs> uh, threaten the integrity of your biological system. You, you it, made the good I mean, choice, I think. I, I, yeah, <laughs> but it's, it's hard. Like even now, like I'm engaged to someone in England who I've never met. Like I want to hang out with you. Yeah, but that's the other thing. That means doesn't that mean in a sense because so you don't have a horse in the race? Even if you want to say, okay, I don't want to, you know, use some experimental something on myself, and I want to travel. I mean, so the same guy who eats all the psychedelics. I mean, we're all hypocrites. That's the thing that makes me laugh so hard. Why hypocrites? So I'm like, I'm not going to put things in my body. I, I call this shit. I'm like, I eat acid that I think I hope is acid. You know, it's like that kind of thing. Yeah, but um, there is a there is a big difference between those yeah. things. Acid has an excellent safety track record. <laughs> <laughs> right. Well, I'm just saying, like, as a psychonaut, like, there's been times I'm not just picking up pills on the ground and eating them willy nilly, but it's like I've definitely put things in my body without like some high litmus, you know, of like superior 
but nobody forced control. you to, Jim. Nobody forced you to. That's, yeah. no, no, that's the philosophical difference right now. And it gets tricky because we soft run this with 9-11 and stuff where it's like, I mean, I think this has been generational. It's like, what? And I don't want to get too conspiratorial, but we do that here where it's like, I think they're testing limits and, and adjusting the system. I mean, obviously, definitely right? testing limits. Yeah. And also, and now, especially just briefly, and this is where the system is going to break, I'm pretty sure, or the attempts are going to break, is they want to see if you'll even give up your children. You know, it's very simple. Mm -hmm. Because it is ultimately, I'll just very briefly say this, and anyone, I don't know, watch Corbett, watch whatever, Jones, doesn't matter. Any of the guys who've been on this for a long time, it's a cult ideology. I'm sorry, it is, you know, and people can choose to ignore that. But even the masks, Exodus confirmed this even, yeah, very popular at, at satanic rituals. This is, there is no single coincidence in this whole game. And, you know, it's time to wake up to a greater reality, whether you then stick with it or not. But there's people believing in it and they act accordingly. And that's why they're so effing insane, you know. And if you don't have that part in the calculation, nothing makes any sense. At least it's my assessment. I don't, Serena, what, what would you say? Um, speaking of like a, a higher reality, um, or I'm not sure if that's how you put it, but while all this is very interesting and I definitely, um, I, I put a lot of attention and focus on what's going on in the world and I care about it and, um, I seek to leave my mark on it, it. to yeah, participate yeah. with it. Yes. And I know we all have our roles to play down here and I take my role seriously on another level, um, on a, I don't necessarily want to call it a higher level, but maybe higher level. Um, none of it matters. We are on a, this is my favorite meditation. We are on a gigantic crystal filled magnetic rock careening through outer space around an enormous information filled fireball that is one of only that is only one out of billions of similar information filled fireballs in our one galaxy that is only one galaxy out of billions of galaxies in the known universe which is only probably one universe out of the multiverse the infinite multiverse and so none of it really matters i mean it matters that's the paradox of it all it all matters i have my role to play i'm in it my head's in it at the same time that behind there um, I, it doesn't drive me crazy that that's a spiritual meditation for me. It doesn't drive me crazy because I know on some level, none of it matters. Just well, briefly. Me of video games. Like I'm grinding in this game and I know as soon as I turn off the game, it's over. Does that make sense? But I'm still like in the game. Yeah. Trying. It's how it's, you know, play, playing, uh, you know, because it matters because still it's your perspective, your experience. I completely agree with you, Serena. And Integrating this paradox, paradoxically or not, in my assessment, also interestingly enough, makes one the most effective, in a sense, at playing the role or hacking the game, let's say. So, because only when you really understand that you are so beyond as a being, as a perspective of any of this, no matter how dramatic it seems, then it's easier, I would say, in a sense, to be daring. And usually nothing even happens to you anyways, but it's easier to trick yourself or not even trick and not to be only identified with the body because then I can imagine, you know, everyone being highly stressed. So yes. I'm very well, afraid. Well, what you're kind of talking about is like the holy mountain approach, right? Where it's like zoom out <laughs> or whatever. It's like, yeah, zoom it's, out. Definitely. Yeah, zoom it's out. like, holy shit. Like, yeah, wow. But the hard part for me is like, and it's a very psychedelic thought. Like when you're tripping, you're like, oh my God, I see the truth of it all. And it's, you know, all this kind of stuff. And I, yeah. One of the yin yang sides is that fact exactly. But what happens is like I'm confronted very quickly. Um, something I was just watching uh, a guy named I think D'Angelo Wallace um, on 
I don't know if he's got a YouTube, but I've been seeing it on Facebook. Uh, interesting guy. I think he's a Virgo, kind of um, Gen Zer. Interesting kid with uh, kind of snarky opinions. On the one hand, I'm like, oh my god, we all have opinions now, self and such. But uh, you know, or like our truths or however you want to put it. But he said he was just showing. I don't even know why I watched this because it doesn't really matter. But here's life. Um, it was like a five ten minute video on like, I guess the card. It was like this whole idea where how are the Kardashians? This is random, but I'm kind of tying it in here. Because I think what's happened is like we all got given like little precious rings with technology or whatever, like Gollum style. And we've been using it, using it, using it. And now we don't really know what to do without it. Um, and uh, so on the one hand, we're kind of like getting led by whatever TikTokers and just weird shit, right? Where it's like we're getting informed and led by things. And I've been, I think all three of us actually are very much a part of like influencing ourselves and others through digital means, right? So whether it's like watching a McKenna YouTube or whatever. So it's like, we're doing this too. But it seems like we've kind of all gotten like shoved into individual reality tunnels that are kind of digitally in influenced. Um, like we're together, but not, if that makes sense. So it's kind of paradoxical there. And then over time, between deep fake news and bots farming and um, what I was going to say about the Kardashian thing, where it's like, um, you know, they've got a multi-million dollar family dynasty that basically started off with a porn tape which ironically was dedicated to, to never forget 9-11, the whole, I think that was one night in Paris, actually. I just read the other day, it's like, never forget one night in Paris started like, this is in memory of 9-11 victims, which means what? Um, in any event, uh, the Kardashian empire, like they'll go on this thing and be like, look, and I'm not interested in this, I'm just kind of using it as an example. Um, look, we have all these Louis Vuitton bags, busy day or whatever, and that's like what the comment says in this, uh, you know, like the, whatever the caption says. And it's got a hundred, hundred thousand comments and they're making millions of dollars and all this shit. And he's kind of looking deeper into it. And it's almost like a, a clout Ponzi scheme that's going on on the internet a lot. Um, where you get a few people saying, it's hard to explain. I'm kind of rambling and this makes no sense having not seen the video, but I guess what I'm kind of getting at, I can, I won't go keep going down the rabbit hole with the Kardashians, but the point is I feel like it's so age of Aquarius, Saturn, Jupiter and Aquarius shit, where it's like, we're being told, um, it reminds me a little of Tron or something like that, like the second Tron legacy, where it's like we're going into a system and then we're being told there's rules um, and we're playing by these rules. But it's it's a false, I don't want to be like false like matrix. I don't want to say that. It's like it's not true to begin with and then it builds momentum and then it becomes true. Does that make sense? Yeah. And we make it and we make it true by everybody pretending it's true. You know, that's both the metaphysical principle. And especially these days, you can totally see you can live in a different reality depending on what you believe. Everybody like it's very worse Waldo these days. Like if you look out at the world, it's like everybody's got tattoos or piercings or shirts. You know, it's like it's age of Aquarius birth pangs for sure with the internet and like hyper individualism and, and simultaneously like, Oh, I'm on team QAnon. Oh, I'm on team Antifa. It's interesting times for sure. But I guess where I'm kind of having the issue is like, it feels like um, post 2012, ironically with that whole getting on Reddit at that point, it feels like the, the trains out of the gate. Like there's just a momentum that can't stop. Kind of what you were alluding sure. to Rafa with like, it's an end game. I want to and, go uh, back to Kardashians. <laughs> Can I go down a Kardashian? They're like, it's like a weird pyramid scheme where they're like, Hey, we probably have a bunch of people paying like to get into a raffle, basically. Let's just say like, yeah. hey, everyone pay a thousand dollars. And then they buy this Gucci, like all these Gucci bags, baton bags or whatever. And then they say on the original post, hey, comment and do whatever, like and share and do all this shit and we'll put you in the, the raffle. 
and then they go back after a shit ton of comments, delete it, and then just make it look like a clout thing. It's hard. It's like manipulating. It's it's smoke and mirror shit. Yeah, it's annoying. Sure. Sure. Um, especially because um, I think all three of us are very authentic people who are trying to like know what truth is and be ourselves and find the others and all that shit. To have this kind of system, this Babylon system doing this shit, it's adding another level so not only are we like isolated in home going what's true we have deep fakes we have like ponzi schemes of attention <laughs> you know it's like all this shit it's like i don't need like part of me wants to just like honestly be like hey guys i'm going to tibet which i can't even fucking do right now or you know just disappear and be like i'm gonna go live in a whatever abandoned mind i didn't mean to cut you off serena what were we gonna say about um you're fine <laughs> um so when i found this out it just kind of blew my mind so i don't know make it make it of it what you will but so people are like where do the kardashians come from um why are they famous oj simpson's lawyer yeah okay right? so their their dad Lying. is oj simpson's attorney and yeah. but then so their mom divorces their dad and their stepdad is caitlin jenner okay before yeah yeah before this she. operation uh, yes. So I Caitlyn only know Jenner. Caitlyn Jenner from South Park. Can you just briefly for anyone? Bruce Jenner. The Isn't she on, but she's on South Park too, no? Now Caitlyn Jenner. <laughs> they, South Park definitely um, had her on there for a while, yes. Um, you mean you want me to like describe who Caitlyn Jenner is? Just very briefly to anyone okay. who doesn't know. So she, um, I don't even remember her um, old name, um, but she Bruce. was the most... Bruce, yeah. She was like probably the most public um, case of transitioning from male to woman. Like Bruce Jenner was an award-winning um, Olympic medalist um, in the 70s, like very famous, and married the Kardashian's mom after she divorced um, the, the attorney. <laughs> and then Bruce transitioned to Caitlyn in a very, very public way. Um, and But that name, Jenner... Does that ring any other bells for you of any other famous Jenners? The guy that made the smallpox vaccine. Really? I was thinking about something like this. Years ago. Oh my God. And it's not just a coincidence of names. They're related. That guy is like Bruce Jenner's like great, great, great grandfather. The guy that made the first smallpox vaccine 200 years ago. Jenner. Um, you, you hear of the Salk polio vaccine. Like, um, I forget his first name, but S-A-L-K, Salk. He's very Joseph famous. Salk, I believe. Joseph Salk, yeah, for making the poli first polio vaccines about 70 years ago. But between the polio vaccine and the, small the smallpox vaccine is over 200 years old. Um, and there was about a 130-year period before any other kind of vaccine appeared on the scene, and that was the polio vaccine. And the, the smallpox vaccine, it used to be just um, wound to wound and scab to scab because they didn't have needles. They didn't right, have prophylaxis. Right. Um, and so it would just like, they would send infected scabs through the mail and you rub it on an open wound, literally. Like lots of people died and that's no secret. Um, but to them at the time, it was worth the risk. The risks were known and it was worth the risk because smallpox really did ravage some stuff. Um, and But when the needle was invented, now, all of a sudden, you had a way of administering it by needle straight into the muscle. And now you had to, though, you had to come up with a way to suspend it, to liquefy it, to spend it, and to preserve it. So they have oils, um, like uh, lots of different kinds of oils were used to suspend it, refined oils. And then they had to add preservatives and stuff so that these vials of um, vaccines could stay good for a while. And the smallpox vaccine, even though it's the oldest vaccine, um, over 200 years old, 
And even though there was over a hundred years in between its invention and the next vaccine's invention, um, it is also the only vaccine that we do not use anymore. We used it for about 170 years in the general population. And now it's only used in like select military individuals and stuff. And um, people will say, oh, well, yeah, that's because we got rid of smallpox because of the vaccine. And um, I have, if anybody listening or one of you guys wants it, I have the um, text from a history.com like a history magazine it used to be like history magazine and now it's a website history.com article. So written by a historian, he's unbiased. He's not in the vaccine game. It's not on a vaccine website. It's not on a CDC website. He has this amazing article about the history of smallpox and the smallpox vaccine. And he talks about how, no, it was not the smallpox vaccine that got rid of smallpox because the smallpox vaccine can't get rid of smallpox. It's a live virus vaccine. That means by inherently by its nature, it can sometimes spread smallpox. So you can't get rid of smallpox that's highly contagious with something that can spread it. What got rid of smallpox was highly efficient and coordinated quarantine of the sick. That got rid of smallpox in the general population. Um, and now since then, the only cases of smallpox have been in people that have been around vaccinated military individuals. They found it, it um, like these military individuals, it was in their um, feces and spreading to their children at home. Um, but yeah, Jenner, isn't that freaking weird? It is yeah. weird. So I have a question. So given that history, because I mean, I think you're going to be not skeptical, but maybe how would I even put it? I think what based off of what I've heard over the past year or two, Raphael, I think, has a presupposition that says it's more of a David. Icke I, I don't want to speak for you, but it's like this is 5G. This is a lot of things. For a long time, I was under the impression just through these episodes we do. that I was like, I don't know if this is even real, whereas we're not debating if polio is real. And you're kind of elucidating that it was it, it crept out of the system a little differently. But in a sense, what they did to prevent that is what they're trying to get us to do now with lockdowns in a way. Right. Or how, so how do you justify they did, they the difference? Because they quarantine the oh. sick and they're trying to convince healthy people to quarantine. That okay, then if, if I remember correctly, anyone who wants to check this out can check it out on BitChute, I believe is their most popular channel uh, called Space Busters. And they do talk about space and Earth and so on. But recently they did, I think, the most excellent documentaries and summaries on germ theory, terrain theory. And these stories you're alluding to right now. And if I remember correctly, what they are saying, though, and I think it was Jenner again, is that he was actually paid by English King or somebody like that to basically make up a story about a very contagious disease. So they could be sure that some kind of a blockade was upheld or something like that. So basically for economic purposes, make up a pandemic story or infectious disease, something uh, to make sure that someone cannot use a certain trade route, I believe the Strait of Gibraltar or something like that. Anyhow, it's well explained in that documentary and just shows again, if you follow the money as well, then uh, yeah, it's a different type of differentiation. So with the quarantine, I believe that's true, but this wouldn't necessarily mean that this is really what got rid of it, but may also be that that was just the economic uh, bargaining or whatever, or economic sanctions, uh, which they were using, yeah, for simple financial gain so yeah it's possible i haven't heard um i i've honestly i'm surprised i haven't heard that theory before but i've honestly never even heard that theory um but i would have to look more into that one um where i am now is yeah smallpox is real yeah polio is real yeah the measles is real yeah the common cold is real and the flu is real and there's and coronaviruses are real but they're not worth none of them are worth all of this freedom <laughs> 
yeah. <laughs> and like humanity and all that. That's why it's so hard for me because on the one hand, it seems like people are trying to use, it's almost like, um, how would I put it, that Gibraltar illusion you were talking to about Rafael. Um, that was a, a non-globalized situation. I mean, it was globalized in the sense they were trying to tell other people what to do, but they're trying to, like, that was a single place. And now it seems like they've taken an interest net approach to that. And they're like, let's make everybody's personal home of Gibraltar straight and stay put and fuck you. It, it's just disheartening, but I mean, honestly, when I, I've tripped, I took a year off of acid, uh, ironically, and I had tripped a few times in the past month or two, and um, I don't want to need to rely on psychedelics for serotonin boosting like that, but it's like, it gives me that kind of zoom out mode for sure, where I'm like, okay, how can I live well, my best life? Doing something once a year isn't relying on it. I mean, that's oh, no, I it more responsibly, often than that. you know. <laughs> I just took a year break. Uh, I was doing yeah. it once a week for a long time, which is pretty excessive. Um, but I've done the yeah. same and I've thought the same. Yeah, I was like, uh, yeah, I'm going to wait a year before I do this again, for sure. Um, yeah, so we, we don't have to keep talking about the Kronos thing, but it's it's hard because I feel like it's, um. I mean, how would I put it? Uh, I actually, of course, Pink Floyd's dogs and all this sheep and stuff, animals, right? Um, I just saw this clip on Reddit of a sheepdog, like, sh it, like showing how it dominates sheep, and it's a very slow, steady approach. It gets underneath it. it, it it's like that's what's happening to all of us. It's like a constant vice, and over years, through many degrees, we're getting kind of like contorted into something that I think we're all starting to have like a moment where like, is this what I, like? At least we are all three being like, is this what I want to become? Um, for better or worse, I think Raphael's always kind of been better at not giving a shit about that stuff. Well, like but, stare too uh, long into the abyss. Be careful when you stare too long into the abyss because the abyss stares also into you always comes to mind. And just it, it comes back to like we are being put through a, 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 is, is a vice the thing? Like, like yeah, they're twisting our nuts, all of us. Um, and they're putting constant pressure on us and constant pressure on us and constant pressure on us until we break. So like um, England could go, English people could go to America or, you know, like the other times in history, like when there's pressure, you could kind of like do other things, but because we're in a post-industrialized technocratic globalized thing, like I'm having to live by the same rules as like people in Tokyo or Vienna, you know, it's like, it's just weird. And yeah. then, and then it gets, what's hard for me is um, like, it seems like you're kind of setting le levels of history to understand where you're going. Raphael, and I'm not even blaming he's a bad person, but he gets into Tartaria and reset research and all this. And I'm like, I don't even know what truth is or what, like how. Yeah, but let me point this out again. This. And, and just because we have the chance to screen share here, so you can briefly check this out. See, so everyone can also see this video. Highly recommended to watch. Um, I'm familiar with Dr. Thomas. Yeah. Yes. And, and those theories about viral transmission and that, yeah, that, that that's not how that like germ theory, that's not how um, things are spread. I'm definitely familiar with right. those philosophies. Here you can see a guy drinking yeah. snake venom, for example. <laughs> and anyhow, I believe it's in this one that they also show um, uh, this, sto this story with the blockade, or maybe it's one of their other videos. Um, but what I just want to say is that, uh, and Jim, again, especially with this topic, if anyone really wants to check it out, it's, you know, it's definitely a few hours of research or whatever, or it can be a few can days you send or weeks. Me, you can send me that video. Send oh, me that link. Totally, I will. And either it's this one or one of their other ones. I'll, I'll take a look. Um, but they go through the Spanish flu and all of that and just show you, you know, a differing uh, worldview, differing perspective and some background. Here we have in January. This is actually the first, just to, to reference this, maybe tie it back. 
Jenner was the first one who did this, just like you said, and here's what he did. So it's pretty gruesome, actually, if you think of it. Yeah. Uh, pretty yeah. crazy. Uh, people dying, you know, and uh, they're just basically telling you about a different model about toxicology and terrain and germ theory. And the simple idea here being that, of course, you're going to get sick and have to detoxify if you pollute your own environment, both external and internal. And, you know, there's... And, you know going through viruses, go going through here, through the emotions, stuff like that, explaining all kinds of things from a different point of view. So yeah, highly recommended to check out to get, uh, at least have the option to adopt a different perspective. Um, to me, the case is actually pretty shut and closed. Um, and also, if even if you just look at Fauci and his history, I mean, it's so... They just brought out a documentary I saw about oh, he, him. He killed like millions a PR. of people in the 80s for his um, AIDS, AIDS stuff. Um, which I'm not super proficient in exactly what happened there, but yeah, Fauci, he was, he's held the same position for so many years and he was doing similar shit, like withholding remedies that worked to be able to sell remedies. Experimental stuff. Um, yeah, yeah. And it killed a lot of, a lot of people's opinion that he killed thousands of people with, um, or millions, I'm not sure with AIDS, um, with so AZT, yeah. Uh, that's where I'm at a point where I'm like, especially given like Nicki Minaj's and certain people, I think an army general, like a major dude in the military, just stepped down and called Biden's administration Marxist and said he doesn't want a vaccine and they were going to force it on him and all this shit. So it's like, it feels like it's starting to get to crunch time. Um, like, I wanted to just move back to Hawaii. All of a sudden, they're, they're going to demand a, like in Honolulu, it seems like they're going to need a passport and like tests and all sorts of stuff. So it seems like options are changing. What information tunnels you listen to? Obviously, like if you're listening to the whisper of the ring and Sauron, you're going to have a very different reality than like everything's changing every day. Like it, I it know, I don't every know how day. To this. Like it's, it's so one hard. day it seems like oh it's getting worse, and then like yesterday it just came out that Britain is rejecting vaccine passports. They're Correct. rolling that all back, right. and so it's like okay, now we're it's like we go back and forth, and the rules change every day. Like Hawaii at first they like last year they were requiring a COVID test to get in and you had to quarantine for a couple of weeks if you wanted to come there. And then at the moment, I've got a friend going to Hawaii next week. They're not um, requiring quarantining. You got to take a test, but they're not requiring you to quarantine no matter what. But yeah, that, uh, Hawaii's been like really crazy with um, with all this stuff. But and you also mentioned like uh, with the just the technocratic like worldwide stuff, how it's the same everywhere and you can't get away from it. Um, it's definitely true to an extent, like it's the same in a lot of places, but there are other places you can go in America, like half of America isn't even playing this game. Colorado, Nevada, Oregon, Washington, California, New York are yeah, all really bad mask, with it. Generally, uh, like we don't yeah. have to, Colorado, I guess Nevada. Um, Nevada well, is even worse with it than Colorado now then, yeah. <laughs> um, so I think, that, but I, I, it's not that I don't find hope, I just don't know what to hope in. It's like, okay, is there gonna be like a civil war? Or like because it's global, I'm like it just feels like a faction thing, and I'm like it's yeah, like a shitty X Men movie. I'm like just, okay, so there's X Factor Force and X Men. Like what's going on? Yeah, and just briefly because many people would wish, of course, for divide and conquer and civil war. But as I pointed Which out, I don't the, want for the record. But I as I pointed like, out with the action. bots, and you can even tell, and I'm not. You know, I have heavy criticism also towards Trump for many things and, you know, we'll see if it's really 60 chess or whatever, but you can certainly tell you have any type of football game or whatever, uh, Biden shows up or anything and they're chanting like F you and so on. 
Trump shows up anywhere, everyone's going insane. Yeah. So um, I just want to say I also don't really see a 50-50 split. I only see a projected 50-50 because there are some individuals who would really like civil war and complete destruction of all economies. But the point here again is no matter what your belief system divide or other ideological differences are, is uh, communication, a collaboration with those you can and, you know, peacefulness. And that will bring us through this because even with all the measures, you can tell there's literally nothing they can do without your compliance. And uh, it's certainly about testing the limits. And if people push back, you know, they have to step back because the state is made of the people themselves. And when they finally realize that they've been tricked, even with the concept of the state itself, then we really have a chance, you know, at a true, uh, I want to say, holarchy, anarchy, anarchy in the best sense, or just self-sufficient self-organization and not having you know, a parasitic politician billionaire class that's uh, just taxing you for what, you know? <laughs> Fear porn, basically. It, it, yeah, I mean, we don't have to come to some grand conclusion like this is going to happen next, but if, I, I literally would never have expected it to last this long and to go these measures this long. And at this point... Yeah, me neither. It, it feels there's enough, like, kind of militant... Um, Reddit is very full of these people. Like, there's not a whole lot of new age kind of woo types like me and you all. Um, there's more kind of like, you know, DeGrasse Tyson, <laughs> Elon Musk types, material reductionist kind of style. Um, and it's very apparent that there's a, uh, I mean, the way you guys might think that people are giving away their freedoms, that's like a political ignorance or naivete, possibly, or whatever. Whereas they think we're like devolved humans who, should be outbred or whatever you know they're like let's just keep pushing the ball of technological society and they'll just die out that's how it feels at least um there's a subreddit called like think the like herman cain award or something like that it's kind of like a darwin award for anti-vaxxers that get at the die or whatever the propaganda is it's it's really hard to know um how this will play out it's gonna I get hard people... to program your technology if my brain is hemorrhaging more you know? of us than them <laughs> There's yeah, more of us than that. for sure. No, that's the that thing. Way. But that's um, the that's the thing with the bots. That's the whole point with the perception. It's all perception management. And Ike has been talking about this since day one. On the fundamental level, it's all about perception management because who creates reality? It is you. And mm -hmm. if your perception can be controlled, you can give credence to whatever BS, whatever realities, you know. And once we take that power back and start realizing these filtration mechanisms and apply our own and our discerning, then the game is up for good. And at least for me, that's why I'm here, you know, everything else is boring. But <laughs> Very true. The world is, I think it's a Robert Anton Wilson quote, I'm not sure, the world is full of like a very, very powerful hypnotist eats uh, vying for your un, uh, undivided attention constantly. Yeah. And attention yeah. is so powerful. Um, where you give your attention, I really do believe, uh, will grow that whole stare into the abyss thing. Um, and even my avoidance of the subject has caused it to become a more of a boogeyman for me than probably it should be. Yeah, that's how it works. That's exactly how it works. That's why facing things head on, I think, is the is the way Third to go. Third toke, man. Third hit. It, <laughs> it all comes back to the strength guard too, though. Like, it, yeah. to me, like, and I'm not, like, the best at it, um, but I know that when, I, when, when I'm feeling lost and scared, I come to a place where I remind myself that all I have control over is my own self. 
and that's even only to a certain extent, but to a certain extent, I have control over my own self and my own body and my own spirit and my own soul. And so the, the, it, the focus turns to working on myself and strengthening myself, body, soul, spirit, and mind. That's what the, it comes back what to. What Rafael was talking about a minute ago with, um, or you were saying, Serena, where you're like, there's more of us than them. It, the, the image of the final Star Wars, I guess the whatever it's called. I don't even remember what it's called, but the last Star Wars movie that came out, spoiler, like basically like, oh my God, the Empire's winning. We have nothing, like just sit down at SOS. We'll see who comes. And then it's like, oh shit, actually there's a lot more of us than we thought. So yeah. maybe that's a nice scene, that. yeah. But the, but if, what if everyone was told to stay at home in quarantine? They didn't even get to the. That's how it feels. Yeah. It's like it, it feels like it's like I want to participate, but I'm gonna get in something. It's fear. I mean, yeah, it's unfortunate. Like it's not even like like Robert Anton Wisman. I haven't read much of his stuff, but he was saying like you know people have power over you if you fear death. I mean, that's how people fucking manipulate you. Um, but that's have you seen the worldwide weird. protests, like the videos of like what's going down in France, like every week and or in all, Brazil? All Brazil is Brazil is full there of people. Are, right? It's crazy. There are, I would say, it's getting more and more people every week, and there are thousands and thousands and thousands of people in the street protesting. Um, and even in, in America, we we have the smallest ones here in America. France, uh, Britain, um, Brazil, they. they they all have way bigger ones, but even here in America, we each little town and city is having their own rallies every week. Here in Vegas, there's one, there's more than one a week. I went and um, I couldn't bring the baby out in 103 degree heat, but um, we just built this huge stadium for football here in town, and they're having a Raiders football game, and there's a rally um, all surrounding it. There's people picketing with signs, stop the mandates, um, and all kinds of stuff about that. And it's not as big as the crowds in England or Italy, but there are people there. And if for everybody feeling isolated and like there's tons of people that just really do feel completely alone in their opinions. They don't have anybody else in their life that thinks the way that they're thinking. And to go to those rallies and to go to the to show up to those things is a way to feel supported in yourself, too. It's a way of supporting each other um it's not even it's not even about convincing anybody else like your little mm -hmm. picket sign is going to convince someone else no it's about letting everybody else know we're here and we're the same as you and there's more of us than them and there, there's more of us than you think so how i mean we're going to kind of wrap up here in a second um and i'm i thought i heard a child crying at one point so i don't want to keep you all day um congratulations oh. again by the thank you um but how are you guys going about the cog uh, of the tension between like this doesn't matter versus like i've got to make a stand and do the right thing um because on the one hand i don't like south Meadows and sag i'm not trying to stand on a fucking thing and go on a crusade personally like i'm no offense rafael but i think you've been more crusading about this than i have or same thing with you serena right uh and it's not a bad thing i'm not like attacking it, but whether it's my trick i like information it's just I'm addicted to sharing information and I have I've just been lately like I I've just been there's so much new information and and stuff to share like to me like the the video of um thousands of people marching in France that's information um it like information doesn't have to be words you know um and I just I'm addicted to information so that's but we're in the um, disinformation age that's the hard so like I'll see like I saw an image of a protest and like look at all these people and wherever australia i think it was like they were saying in uh sydney and it was clearly like a rio de janeiro picture and it's like i don't know if i can trust the people that are being propagandists for the cause that i agree with um i think it just for that it comes down to my sources um i have my own particular sources that i trust and um, i don't trust everything that comes out of them um uh and it, 
it just, it also like, so I'm addicted to consuming information and sharing it. And on a certain extent, I give the responsibility to each and every one of you um, with information that I share to figure out if it's disinformation or not. And I have no control over that. I have no control over, like, I only have control over my perception and I know what I think is actual information and what is disinformation and I'll share what I think is actual information and it's up to everybody else if they think it's actual information or not. Um, I don't know. That's just, um, that's so at the core of who I am that I, it just like, I want to, I want to get a good printer so that I could go print up um, these things and tape them all Maybe around my them. neighborhood. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, I want to get out of just the internet and I want to go put it out there. Like, like, uh, that's how I, I feel. I feel like the internet's super saturated. I'm like, okay, what's next? Because I feel like yeah, this is just getting back into our chamber. communities. Yeah. I want to go so. door to door. <laughs> um, which, you know, it's a funny thing about go door, the only people that go door to door anymore are the Mormons. And um, Witness, yeah. uh, we don't get any Jehovah's Witnesses, but uh, not at least in a long time, but we do get Mormons coming by. Um, and my husband grew up with Mormons and them coming in the house. So he's comfortable with them and he invites them in. And he knows, like, he explains to them that you're not going to get through to me with any of your Jesus bullshit. Um, no offense to anybody. Uh, okay. But um, we can talk. <laughs> and so we'll have these little. He's a Gemini, right? Like, yeah, he we'll have, yeah, exactly. yeah, we'll we'll have these eighteen-year-old little kids come in, and of course now, like you can't help but we'll talk about COVID, you know. And that's, yeah. I love that. I'm like, I would, I would never let them in if it wasn't for him. That makes me, I'm too shy for that. Um, but I love <laughs> that um, they that because of him we do have them in, and uh, we get to talk to these strangers basically about this stuff. And it always comes down to no matter who I talk to in person, even though it's rarely I talking to anybody in person, they always are like in agreement that, yeah, this is all bullshit. <laughs> like, or it's very confusing at the very least. It's not like straightforward, like, oh, there's a Hitler. And even Rafa would be like, I don't know about the whole narrative of the World War II. But it's like, oh, there's a, a Third Reich. We have to stop. Let's go. Like that seemed like a yeah. more like obvious narrative. Well, even it's here, like, it's, you know, if you just, if you were, if you were to look at the bloodlines and so on, it's the similar people, you know, what was previously <laughs> called eugenic society is now called bioethics. Even with the gender connection, like you pointed out, it's literally just, I'm sorry to say, but it seems to be a few families or whatever, and they're completely insane for varying reasons. And not even against them, but it's about identifying the psychological process and the obvious connections. And in terms of discernment, just one more thing, how you can also easily tell or discern is which side is willing to engage in open and honest debate and which side is not. And Fauci already 30, 20 years when Mullis was asking him to come talk to me at the university to balance out my side. He didn't want to come talk. You know, it's very by now, honestly, if you only apply that, who is willing to talk openly and who is hiding and whatever, it's completely blatantly obvious. Um, so, yeah, but. <laughs> but Jim, I well, feel yeah, I've got, I've got people yeah. in my family, too, that I love dearly that are very I'm much the only alive. one not vaccinated except my nana. Like, it's like that. I'm like, uh, I don't mind being a minority, but like, are you guys going to make me do this? <laughs> that's how and that's a harder position to be in, because even though I totally have people in my family, I, it's about half and half for people I actually know. Um, it's about half and half with that. And that's an easier position to be in than if I was the only one. So, I mean, you're in a completely different position live. than I'm in, too. I didn't mean to talk about COVID the whole time. I guess you're a Scorpio. It's not terribly surprising. And you do find these things interesting. Um, I kind of want to get you back. I, there was a guy, uh, I forget his name. We've had him on. 
uh, the psychologist kind of Jungian dude, um, Brett, uh, oh, I forget you suggested it could come on. He came on. There's people I want to get you on with. Uh, you're definitely like, I mean, I don't know if this matters to you and it, it doesn't really matter. I'm kind of being facetious, but like, to me, you're very much a team rabbit hole correspondent vibes. Like you do the, you do the work, you're doing the good work. I can get very self absorbed and kind of distracted. So I'm glad people are out there continuing to sharpen their knives and eat the reality or whatever. Um, I guess uh, we'll have to get you back on here because we're going to have to wrap up now, but are there any kind of parting thoughts or anything you want to talk about what you're up to that kind of stuff? Um, well, I, I love being a part of team rabbit hole. Uh, I love that whole idea and concept that you created this, right, Jim, the team rabbit hole thing. That's your idea, right? Yeah. But I yeah. mean, the podcast wasn't a thing until Raphael said, let's yeah. just get you in here and we'll wrangle cats and talk to them or whatever. Well, I definitely enjoy being a part of that and on that team. Um, and as far as what's going on with me, uh, I'm just now getting to the point where I feel like up to taking readings or starting to do any writing or making videos again. So, I mean, I guess staying tuned, I might start to do that um, again soon. Um, but right now I've just been um, focusing on trying to stay sane and alive. You know what I mean? The baby stuff yes. like that well definitely let me know when you're doing readings and stuff or posting videos i'd love to watch your input you're um you're a very wise woman never doubt that like i think you're uh, i mean doesn't mean we're all you know like don't get cocky kid or whatever like <laughs> our, our shit does stink sometimes right but you're you're on the way for real and i i uh seeing strong women make i don't know why i'm saying this because i mean it doesn't really matter about gender but it feels like because my mars Mercury conjunct are in like very, you know, detriment basically of Mars Cancer, <laughs> conjunct Mercury in 12th house. It feels like I have a more fearful feminine approach to certain things, and hearing your confidence helps me. It doesn't I necessarily give that. me the answer, but I'm like, okay, look, like, I guess we're not, you know, I kind of feel like Mary or Pippin more. It's like, how is this going to end? What the fuck is going on here? And it's like, you guys are kind of Gandalfing. It's like, you know, ultimately who could tell what's going to happen little pippin or whatever so it's like it's stressful but i think we can all agree that maybe we're becoming better people through this even though it's not you know it's birth pangs it's not pleasant um as a recent new mother again like it's it's bloody and painful potentially but like i think at the, it gets part of the design process if that makes sure. sense it's like birth hurts uh, evolution isn't necessarily easy um, but we could talk about this kind of stuff again another time because I know even saying that, like, it doesn't have to be hard, Roth, I would say, like a Bashar kind of, you know, engineer, inner engineering perspective. Um, yeah, we no, got to kind of go. So I uh, apologize for cutting it short a little. Um, we'll get technological glitches up front uh, a little better so we'll have more time to talk. But I'll hit you up in the next uh, couple. Um, I mean, I'll give you a copy of this or whatever, but we'll get something maybe even Scorpio season. Um, if you want to come on and uh, there's people like you and Diane Marie or um, there's definitely people um rhett butler was that his name no is that the guy uh, yeah i think there was a guy who yeah. came on and i didn't know yeah. but he was like on the schultz um into R like a guy who did a bunch of good uh -huh, i can't believe i'm blanking on his name right now you know like, who i'm talking yeah. about but like getting you guys yeah. on together that'd be cool or you and some astrologers or health people i want to start because like i said like it's one thing to have someone on and be like you're a cool monkey but it's like you're a valuable monkey like not to disvalue other people but it's like all right we need to get your brain working on some other like like think tank things like that would i would like to see what happens with certain alchemy right and any well, event, I, I love um, to chat yeah i'll come back whenever whenever you want me we'll figure it out for sure have a good afternoon enjoy the child and thank you for your uh insight and um 
presence. Yeah, I mean, it's yes. nice talking to you. Thank you for perfectly reflecting the strength card, especially to Jim and his feminine exactly. side. <laughs> thanks so much for coming on and thanks everyone for listening or watching. Bye, guys. Have a good night.